As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Back to the latest head of the pack, Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. Packers have their 53, and it remained the initial 53, uh, remained the 53 now. I don't know what to call it after that, since none of the guys they cut were claimed. Um, they didn't claim anybody, and they got most of their guys back on the practice squad. So we'll run through the 53, our takeaways from that pinpoint any guys on the practice squad who could maybe have an impact this year. Talk a little David Bakhtiari, um, Jay Sternberger, and, and what's ahead for the Packers as they prepare for week one, which is not this weekend as it has been in years past after cutdown day, but next weekend with an extra week in between. So as we've done, just to make it easier to listen to, we will, and we'll get to your questions. We'll go quarterbacks first. No surprises there really. Um, I wasn't surprised that Kurt Bankert fell through waivers because the Falcons were probably going to be the only team that would consider him, as we've talked about before on here. But they kept three guys on their initial 53 in, in Felipe Franks, Josh Rosen, and Matt Ryan. So Bankert's back on the practice squad. He'll stay there all, all year. Um, and it's Rodgers and Love. And I think the benefit of that for Love is – was it Luke Getze who said this the other day, that he – actually has to prepare like he's going to play. Last year he didn't because he was a third stringer, wasn't even active on game day. That'll at least help him in his development this year, right? Yeah. You, um, for those who don't know, in fact, I got a couple um, questions about on, on Twitter about this. The number two quarterback takes the scout team reps. The number three quarterback does basically nothing. I guess we kind of got a hint of that, right, on the, on the practice field somewhere, Matt, where Rodgers got a lot of reps, Love got some reps, and Kurt Benkert hung out in the back, cracked jokes or whatever he was doing. So that's how the season works, too. Rodgers will run the offense. Jordan Love gets a scout team. Kurt Benkert will hang out, um, enjoy some free lunches and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and, and I said this yesterday, you know, sure, it would have been nice to get, what is it, four times the salary to get claimed by someone, but he just moved his one-year-old daughter and his whole family up here. That's got to be a pain if you got to move somewhere else now. Yeah, Um you're right, Matt. It, it wasn't a surprise. You know, I was talking to somebody about Ben Kurt before the cuts, and he said, 
Ben Kurt doesn't have any contacts in the NFL. I mean, he's never played. And the only team he was with was what you said, Atlanta. And Atlanta didn't need a quarterback. So with really no connections around a league that he you know, played for or stuff, I mean, he was, he was really limited. Nobody knows anything about the guy, which, of course, is why he was unemployed um, all of March, all of April, into May. Running backs, no surprises there. Um, Dexter Williams did have a nice preseason, but he is now on the New York Giants practice squad, joining Josh Jackson um, as recent Packers draft picks to join New York. You know, obviously Blake Martinez over there. Um, Kyler Fackrell no longer there. I believe he's on the Chargers with Balaga and, and Corey Lindsley. But I think Kylan Hill's going to have a nice role in this offense. I don't think he's going to get number two snaps, but you know, A.J. Dillon, with missing a month last year, still played about 10% of the offensive snaps. So you'd think if everyone stays healthy, which I know they probably won't just because that's the law of averages, Kylan Hill should probably get you know 15 to 20% of the snaps. He can catch, he can run. He might have more of an impact in the return game at first, um, but no surprises at, at running back either. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Matt, is what, you know, Dylan, other than the Tennessee game, he really didn't play last year. So will it be any different with Kylan Hill kind of taking those number three ups that Dylan had last year? I don't know how it's going to work. You hate to take Jones off the field. And if, if Dylan's as good as we think he's going to be, and of course he hasn't proven much other than the one game, it's hard to take him off the field. I suppose Aaron Jones can go play receiver. Maybe you can get some action there and then you can get rotate Dylan and Hill to get some extra snaps there. But you're right. He's, he's earned playing time. I mean, he was he was really good all training camp. He's good in the games. It will be interesting to see how Lafleur implements him um, without taking away from those other guys, because obviously you, you want you want Aaron Jones on the field as much as humanly possible. Right. At wide receiver, we expected Malik Malik Taylor to get that sixth spot after the preseason he had. I went from I know we've talked about this. I went from Winfrey to Funchess to Taylor in my projections for that sixth spot this preseason. Um, I was a little surprised that they didn't bring Begleton back on the practice squad just because, as we've talked about, he's a trusty guy who knows what he's doing, knows the system from last year. So if need be, he can just get plugged in there. But they have Winfrey EQ, and as you guessed, they brought Chris Blair back on the practice squad. Um, but, you know, we've talked so much about the sixth wide receiver. The sixth wide receiver isn't really going to play this year. Um, it's going to be the five above him and he'll mainly be special teams, so I'm not too surprised about whatever happened. What I will be interested to see is if Winfrey picks up where he left off, I know he's got a red jersey on at practice now coming back from that shoulder injury. If he picks up where he left off, could he push for um, one of those six spots? And you know, would they swap Winfrey for Taylor? Not that it's a huge deal. Like I said, that guy won't play much, but um, it, it's something to, to monitor nonetheless. Yeah, the number six guy, I mean, basically half those offensive snaps he gets, if he gets any, he's just going to be out there run blocking so Devontae can get a break, right? Um, I, and I right. think Taylor does right. Taylor does a pretty good job at that. So um, I was surprised off Begelden. I was surprised they chose EQ over Begelden for that practice squad spot. I mean, St. Brown's been here. This is his fourth year. What, I mean, what are you expecting um, from him that you haven't seen from him already? Other than, I guess, like you said about Reggie, he knows the offense and everything else. So if something happens, you can plug him in right away. But right, um, right. You know, maybe his age worked against Begelman being 28. I don't know. But he was really good. I'm, I'm not sure what else he could have done, honestly. 
I would agree. I, I think with EQ, maybe they feel like, you know, he lost the 2019 season to injury when he had that, I believe it was a high ankle sprain against the Raiders on that crappy preseason field in Winnipeg. They maybe think there's still some untapped potential there. Whereas with Bagleton, he's kind of, he is what he is. Um, tight end, no surprises there. But Sternberger is on the reserve suspended list until the day after they play the Lions in week two. That's a Monday night game. Um, if everyone stays healthy in the tight end room, I think they cut him after that. But, you know, we got a question. Wouldn't they just cut bait if they're going to move on from him? Well, like we've talked about before, if Daphne goes down or Deguara goes down, you know, you need a tight end in the building who, I mean, I say I knows the offense, but he's obviously gotten some knocks for that from coaches in the past. But let's say he knows what he's doing. It would be a lot easier to just plug him in than, you know, bring in an outside guy and have him get up to speed. And I know I said I thought they would just cut bait with him. I, I, I understand I was wrong. But, you know, I don't think it's ideal that they have to play Sternberger at all this year, obviously, because that would mean someone got hurt. But I think if everyone stays healthy, he'll be gone in three weeks. Yeah, I, you know, I was going through the depth charts earlier today trying to think about Sternberger. I mean, who are you going to cut? I mean, are you going to cut Jake Hansen, your ninth lineman? You know, Goody likes his lineman, so probably not. You're not going to cut your sixty lineman, are you? I mean, where, where's where's there more value, the sixth defensive lineman or, or the fifth tight end? I would think there's yeah, more no. value in Lancaster or Hefflin, whoever whoever that sixth guy is. There's probably a lot more value there. So, you're right, Matt. There's there's no place for him. I mean, who are you going to? I mean, and, De, De Guara, they're so high in Deguara. You know, I'm sure you're not going to get rid of Lewis and, and Daphne or Lewis and uh, Tunyon's reps. So unless Daphne just falls on his face these first two weeks, I, I just don't see any spot for him at all. Well, yeah, Sternberger's not really much of a special teams guy, and Daphne is. So that fourth tight end isn't going to catch many passes anyway. It's going to be a special teams guy. So I don't really see any way that Sternberger sticks. Um, offensive line, there were a couple small surprises. Um, you broke the news that they were cutting Ben Braden, which I didn't think we saw. He kind of fell out of favor late in camp. He was taken some starting reps at guard. He can play guard and tackle, which is rare. Um, I was surprised that Jake Hansen made it just because to be a snenner, you have to be able to snap, and he really struggled with that. So, you know, I, I was surprised with the, the Jake Hansen-Ben Braden swap. I, I would have thought Braden would have been in. Then I had Bakhtiari on the initial 53. I should have seen it coming that he wasn't going to be on the initial 53 just because the the timeline that that Rob has so uh, dutifully pointed out so many times. You know, by the time Bakhtiari is eligible to return to practice on October 18th, the day after they played the Bears in week six, it'll still only have been nine and a half months since since his uh, ACL tear on New Year's Eve. So it could very well be eight or nine games until David Bakhtiari returns because he's moving well, but... He can't even practice till week seven. He, he's going to need not just those three days of practice before they play Washington in week seven. I, I had to keep driving that home to people too, over, and you probably did too. It's six weeks on pup, but it's six weeks. It's, you can't practice for six weeks. It's not. It's not the no games for six weeks. It's the no practice for six weeks. He needs a training camp, and that training camp's going to be more than three days, Matt. Right? I mean, I realize he's a fantastic player, and he'll he'll be in, he'll be in fine shape. But he's going to need more than three days of practice. You're right. He's 
it's hard to believe he's going to practice week seven. Um, the Braden move was a surprise getting back to that one. I thought he was pretty good at right tackle. I mean, he started the last couple games. I mean, I realize he fell out of the guard competition, but with uh, Dennis Kelly out, he was the starting right tackle in the preseason and played pretty well there. So a guy who was a competent guard and tackle, I thought, had the shot, but I could maybe draft pick wins even a year later. Jake Hansen wins because he was a draft pick and Ben Braden was not. Surprise to me. Yeah, and something else to keep in mind with Bakhtiari in terms of when he can come back. Week So week seven, I think, is out of the question because, like you said, he's not going to get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice and then play. The week eight game is a Thursday night game in Arizona, so it's a short week. So does that take week eight out of the question too, potentially? Um, regardless, how much do you think that Elton, Elton Jenkins isn't the worry here? I think he'll do fine at left tackle. Maybe not as good as Bakhtiari because Bakhtiari is likely the best offensive lineman in football when healthy. You know, Elton Jenkins, this is a nice PFF stat. In 1,396 pass blocking snaps in his career, he's allowed one sack and three quarterback hits. That's incredible. I don't care what position you're playing. That's incredible. How is it going to translate to left tackle? We don't know. He played 27 snaps at left tackle against the 49ers in week nine last year. And that's it. When I believe it was Rick Wagner who went down, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Bakhtiari was hurt that game with his broken ribs that he suffered a couple weeks prior against the Buccaneers. I don't think Elton Jenkins is your worry. I think the interior is your worry because of everything else that has to shuffle around because Jenkins went to left tackle. You know, I do not know how, let's say it's Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman. And especially if it's John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, and Royce Newman. If they go with that three on the interior, that's zero combined career starts. Zero. I think the interior will find out in week one against a, a, a pretty good Saints defense. But that interior could be a problem. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the domino effect where Jenkins right. probably will be fine. We don't know, but it'll probably be fine. But Jenkins is not David Bakhtiari. And then Lucas Patrick is not Elton Jenkins at left guard. Josh Myers is not Corey Lindsley at center. And I'm not sure that Royce Newman is Lucas Patrick at right guard. So you are potentially worse right. at four spots. Maybe not <laughs> exactly. appreciably worse at those four spots, but it's worse, 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 and worse. And that's that's going to be tough. You know, at some point, maybe you're going to be better. You know, maybe Josh Myers will be um, maybe not the Corey Lindsley standard by week eight, but at least pretty darn good. And, you know, maybe – you know, maybe the same thing for Royce Newman too. They're just going to need, you know, time on the grass, as Matt Lafleur would say. But yeah, yeah, the, um, it was. And you had you had the stat last podcast where Green Bay was old line was what number one in pass block win rate and number one in run block win rate. Is that yeah? ESPN stats and info stat. They were number one in both. Now, if these changes mean they drop to seventh or eighth, that's still really good. But we saw what happened last year against. A really good Tampa defensive line, and I understand, you know, that might have been the best defensive line in football, but do those changes along the line mean more pressure for Aaron Rodgers? And if anyone can, you know, operate under pressure, he's one of the best at it, but um, I do wonder if they can compensate elsewhere, which I think they can, if that offensive line falters a little bit in the first half of the season. 
Yeah, not gonna have to wait long to find out. Cam Jordan, yeah. New Orleans, and um, that's that's a that's a legit top ten defense they're gonna face. So we'll it find is. out in a hurry. Uh, defensive line. I thought they would go one of Lancaster or Heflin, but they took both. Clearly, they think they need more bodies. I think I had Heflin over Lancaster, but I'm not surprised they took both. Um, Lancaster knows the system inside and out. Well, t- technically not because it's Joe Barry, but he knows how things work around here. Knows Jerry Montgomery, knows Lafleur. Um, I'm intrigued about Heflin. I'm wondering if he can crack this rotation. Maybe that's just me thinking. Oh, it's the unknown about a guy that just got here. Rather than oh, we know what we're going to get with Lancaster, but. If I understand Dean Lowry's had a good camp and finished last season well, Slayton's flashed a little bit. Um, Kiki, if healthy, can get in the backfield. But if it continues to be the same monotonous defensive line as it has been the last couple of years, I'm wondering if Heflin could crack the rotation. I've liked what I've seen from him. I'm with you. Um, he faced starters. I mean, that Buffalo game, those Bills O-linemen, they were in the game in the third quarter for a little bit of it. So he got, I don't know, 20 or 30 reps against starters in that game and a lot of reps against starters against the Jets too between the joint practices and the game as well. So what we saw, I don't think it's fool's gold. I think the guy can play. Kenny Clark to me is the key to it all. Kenny Clark wasn't really good last year, to be honest. He got injured in week one and he was never close to the same guy. I mean, he was a game wrecker in 19 and he was fairly mediocre last year. He's got to get back to form. If he gets back to form, everybody else is that rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing. Right. Um, if he commands double teams all the time, it's going to help. Um, I thought Kiki was fantastic when he got back. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I mean, he just destroyed the Jets that one joint practice in the game as well. And I like what, I like what I'm seeing on the Slayton too. So I think this D-line could be good. I wonder if they kept six because A, Lancaster's still not practicing, and B, it's going to be a wee bit hot in Jacksonville week one. I don't think you want to get your guys worn down if you got, you know, if it's the fourth quarter, you've been on the field a lot of the game. Right, exactly. Um, outside linebacker, Chauncey Rivers made the team, which is a great story. Like Zedarius Smith, went to Last Chance U, East Mississippi Community College, um, was kicked off Georgia as a true freshman in 2015 because of three marijuana-related arrests in seven months and you know, rebuilt his image at at last chance you played at Mississippi state for a year and now he's on the Packers 53 man roster. He, he had, I know we didn't think he was going to make it because he just really flashed in those joint practices against the jets. I know he had a sack against the bills, but that was kind of more, um, uh, Jonathan Garvin's doing, but it's a great story and he's got connections here. He went to high school, same high school as Preston Smith, same college as Preston Smith played with Elton Jenkins and Colin Hill at Mississippi state. Um, went to the same Juco as Zedarius Smith. He said Mike Smith has been huge for his development, so it seems like he's found a good good landing spot. Better be. So again, we, we still have no idea about Zedarius Smith, right? That was That's what I was going to say. That's the huge question. I have no idea if he's going to be playing week one. It doesn't seem like, you know, maybe he's close to returning. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst said yesterday um, that it seemed like he was getting better. And he wants to be on the field, but how bad was the flare-up that you're still out? Yeah, we're, we're just coming off of Thursday's practice, and he was in the Hudson Center again going through rehab workouts while the rest of those guys are out, in the, out on, on the field practicing. He's, he's practiced once. 
and that was just individual drills. You know, I, I'm sure he knows the defense, but there's one thing seeing it in the playbook and watching it in, on film and all that. It's another thing to go out there and execute it. And maybe at the end of the day, he just has to go rush the passer, but it's the great unknown at this point. And if he can't play, I think, you know, obviously Preston Smith and Gary, they'll be fine there, but there is zero depth, none. You know, Garvin, I mean, what did, what did Garvin show you? And what did, what did Rivers show you as far as giving you any faith that they can go out and, you know, put some pressure on a, on a, on a quarterback against that number one old line on third down? I haven't seen much so far. Yeah, I mean, Garvin had a couple nice ones against uh, Deion Dawkins, the Bills' number one left tackle, but can he do it consistently? And, you know, if there's a team with that, I don't want to say can afford because you never want to lose an all-pro edge rusher, but Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, as I've said before on here, could probably be the starting two on a decent number of teams. So the Packers are fine there. It's when they need breaks because they're not they're going to play, what, 80% of the snaps, maybe? Who's going to play that other 20 at edge, at edge rusher combined? Or, or who's going to account for those? Like, are you really going to want Jonathan Garvin, who couldn't even get on the game day 48 last year, to play? Are you going to throw Rivers in there? Like, I, I, I just don't know. And um, you got to pressure Jameis Winston starting week one and see if that leads him into throwing some of those interceptions he's so famous for. Um, and, and I just don't know. I, I, my gut says Zedarius isn't going to play week one. And, and I don't know. Like you said, it's going to be 90 degrees in Jacksonville on game day. Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are probably not going to play 80% of the snaps. I would guess more near 65. And you're going to need some contributions from some other guys. And you're not going to play extra, you know, hand down defensive linemen. You're going to want those edge rushers out there. So we'll see. It, it it doesn't look great right now. Yeah, you know, if it's let's let's say it's thirty snaps at Garvin or Rivers, whatever it is. Let's say it's thirty snaps. That's probably thirty snaps where the protection is slotting toward whether it's Preston Smith or Gary. Right. So it's a it's a it's a problem. And you're right. If you can pressure Winston, good things happen. But are they gonna be able to do it against a really good old line without Zadarius? If you can't play, we'll see. Yeah, and the Saints have. Uh... Wisconsin's Ryan Ramchick, who's, I believe, the highest-paid right tackle in football now. So, and Teron Armstead, I believe, is their left tackle. It's not like they have – they don't have, like, me and you at, at tackle. They have, you know, maybe the best tackle combo in the game. So, that'll be a good one. The, the Packers were able to uh, get after Taysom Hill and Drew Brees last year, but Zedaria Smith was a big part in that game. He had that sack fumble. And he recovered it. Well, that was when Taysom Hill was in. He's not really a quarterback, but um, we'll see. Zedarius' status, if he isn't practicing, so today was the last practice until next Wednesday, really. Well, I guess Monday. Yeah, so we'll practice this Monday. Yeah. If Zedarius isn't practicing Monday, then I would say it's officially a big concern. So not, we'll not see. ideal. Not, I'm just no, saying. not at all. Inside linebacker, I don't know if Isaiah McDuffie was safe before the preseason finale, but he certainly solidified his spot with that performance in the preseason finale. I'm still interested to see. I think it'll be Chris Barnes, but who will get more snaps in dime, nickel, when they only use one 
inside linebacker, if it'll be Barnes or Campbell. And ultimately it'll come down to who's better in, in pass coverage. And we don't really know about either because Barnes kind of played inconsistently last year because he was banged up and in and out of the lineup with Kamal Martin and Christian Kirksey. Campbell says he can. You know, he, he can certainly body up a tight end because he's 6'4", 6'5", uh, 270 probably around there. But can you keep up with them? That's that's the big question. And, um, you know, Burks and Summers will be mainly special teams, and it'll be up to those two guys mainly, since Randy Ramsey and Will Redman are out, to be the veterans on teams that kind of turn it around. Because I have no reason to believe that special teams will be any better. Who covers Alvin Kamara? Same as last year, nobody. Yeah, maybe nobody. Um, yeah, was, Campbell's a big guy for tight ends. I don't know if he's got that change of direction agility to cover running backs, and we didn't really see that out of Barnes last year. It is an interesting thing. I thought as camp went on, we saw a little bit more of Campbell in that role. So I'm not sure if Joe Barry is going to go with one or another, if there are certain packages where Campbell's the guy and certain packages where Barnes the guy. Whatever it is, they're in better shape than they have been in a long time. I think think Barnes is a legit player, and I think Devondre Campbell is not – Antonio Morrison and Christian Kirksey and these other guys past their prime guys they tried over the years. I think I think they actually have a legit inside linebacker core for the first time in a long time. There you go. Not Tampa Bay's guys, but pretty darn good. No, nobody has Tampa Bay's guys. No. Um, at, at corner, KB Onento's tackling deficiencies did him in. Um, Isaac Yadam won that final spot. The problem for me, Bill, is the slot. Throw Chan and Sullivan and Shamar Jean Charles out there. I'm not confident they can cover anybody well from the slot. Are you? I thought Sullivan was all right last year. I think I think he gets a bad rap. I think I think people remember the first quarter of the Tampa Bay game of the championship game. I the rest of the game, he was fine. He got beat early. And I think there's a game against Detroit, as Mike McCarthy would call him, where he got taken by, I believe it was Amendola. I think for the most part, you know, if you look at the numbers league-wide, he was he was fairly decent in the slot. I will be interested, though, to see if they go with King, Stokes, and Jair, at, at least at times, if not week one. I remember talking, I remember, I remember Jerry Gray that first time we talked to him, Matt. Boy, he really, you could just tell if, if Jerry was running this defense, Jair would have been the guy. Yeah. He, he seemed all, he seemed all for it. We'll see what actually happens, but that's what it seemed like what he wants to do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I don't think they can afford to use Jair in the slot too much because you don't want a rookie and a mistake-prone. You know, I, I hesitate to call Kevin King mistake-prone. I think it's fair to call him that, but or explosive play-prone. I think you have to have Jair on the outside. Obviously, if their number one guy is in the slot, then then put him there, but... Joe Barry seems to want that guy to be solely in the slot. Like maybe it's matchup based, but he said before, you know, that star guy will play 80% of the offensive snaps there or defensive snaps there. Is it something where they're going to switch it out every play based on the matchup? Or is it going to be something where it's just one guy in there based on, you know, the overall theme of what the other team does, whether it's, you know, put two tight ends there most of the time and use Savage or put their number one guy in the slot most of the time and use Alexander. I really think they'd be more wise sticking Alexander and King on the outside and just 
praying for the best with Sullivan in the slot, but uh, we'll see what they do at safety. They went light. They took four with, with Scott and Blackburn and Scott's still out with that hamstring injury. So I don't think Darnell Savage is a candidate for the slot because I don't think you want Henry Black um, starting beside Adrian Amos right away. You're going to need Vernon Scott to get back healthy, and he seems closer. He's moving around out there um, during warm-ups at least. That's normally a decent sign that he's kind of close to a return, but I was a little surprised that they cut both Gaines and Uphoff, and Uphoff isn't even on the practice squad. Yeah, that uh, that battle is kind of went with a fizzle at the end. I was, I thought they had two really legit young players at that spot throughout training camp, and that Buffalo game was a horror show. So I, we talked we talked about before. So yeah, they they, they go with Vernon Scott is that is that fourth guy. Um, I I think as bad as that play was with Gaines trying to tackle Jake Fromm, which looked like me trying to tackle Alvin Kamara. I do think there's a player there. We'll see. Um, I thought up off. I thought I thought they're going to keep up off because he's a big, fast dude. With with uh, I thought would have been a, a weapon on special teams in longer, and obviously they, they disagree. Yeah. But, you know, you you mentioned Savage a minute ago, Matt. That never happened with him in the slot, did it? It just never happened. I know they talked about it back in. With Barry talked about it back in. Remember they hired him back in February, but it just never happened. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm I'm excited to to go to Jacksonville, but uh, actually, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> special teams kicker with Crosby, nothing there. Long snapper and punter, obviously, are are the more intriguing ones right now. I was surprised they cut J.K. Scott. I don't know how Hunter Bradley outlasted J.K. Scott here. Do you? No, I have no idea. Um. I mean, I, I just, I flat out asked Goody on, oh God, what day was that? Tuesday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Why? Why are you keeping Hunter Bradley? He said he's only had a handful of bad snaps. I'm thinking, yeah, but that one almost got the kicker killed in the playoffs. So I have no idea, Matt. That is, it's dumbfounding. He, it, it's not like he had a great camp. It's not like he had a snap here and there that was bad. He had one probably ever had the practice that was not good dumbfounding and now you've switched up the holder who saved his bacon a few times i don't get that one the punter's probably an upgrade this guy yeah was really good in buffalo the so he got the cold weather thing out of the way and he bombed it with the rams in preseason but let's see if he can he, he better be able to hold because other than, other than robert tunyon i think jk scott had the best teams or the best hands on the team i agree <laughs> maybe not but yeah i i would think Devonte Adams might have better hands than J.K. Scott, but um, actually he's dropped a couple passes this preseason. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Goody didn't shed too much light on. He just said we saw a chance to get better. J.K.'s punts were way too inconsistent, and Bahorquez, 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 he's not even here yet. He hasn't passed his physical, so we'll talk to him soon enough. Um, he led the league in in average yards per punt. Did well pinning it inside the 20. I think it was 18 out of 41 punts last year. And JK had something like 15 out of 46. um, If I remember off the top of my head from my story the other day, the holding part is the interesting part. And I asked Goody about that. And, you know, they have some time to get up to speed if Corey gets in here, but you said it, 
how many times did J.K. Scott save a field goal attempt because he was able to scoop something off on the ground? And those are valuable points. Maybe people don't think enough about what the punter does when it comes to holding, but that was a big part of J.K. Scott. And they probably did the right thing moving on from him, but still something to watch. Yeah, was, you know, I don't have it in front of me. Scott held on 70-some plays last year between touchdowns and field goals. He only punted like 45 or 48. So he held a lot more than he punted. And these guys are going to score a lot of points again. I assume it'll probably be sort of the same ratio holds the punts. So, yeah, it's, it, we'll see if it's an issue or not. I have no idea. I have not gone to the tape. Lazy. You lazy sack of garbage. Go to the tape. Um, hey, what do you think of J.J. Molson on the practice squad? I'm wondering if they think he's going to be the next kicker here. Right? What, Crosby, what else is there? Crosby has two more years left on his contract. And obviously they're not going to get rid of him after a season um, where he hit every field goal. But if there start to be some struggles, it could save them some money. Actually, I'm going to look that up now. I don't think he's going to take over this season. But I, I think, I mean, you watch the kickers more than I did in, in preseason. But seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, some things I've heard from some others, and I don't know how much to believe this, but they wanted to keep JJ to kind of groom him to be the kicker of the future. So that's why they didn't let him kick it all in the preseason. All right, let's get to some questions now. You got some on Twitter. Let's go to them. There are 28. Woo. All right, let's, let's get to a couple. Hey, Matt, thanks for doing this from at loose 69502482. Could be a bot, but I'm going to answer the question anyway. Do you think if Z misses the Saints game, the Packers have enough, enough juice to get after Winston? I'd argue the Packers' defense has more talent than the Rams did last year, if not neck and neck. Thank you. Packers' defense has more talent than last year's Rams' defense did? I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but I do think they have enough juice. I think, you know, if, if Kenny's healthy and, and raring on all cylinders and Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith continue their strong preseasons, I think they can. Like, Bill and I talked about it's about when those guys need a breather. Can they maintain that pressure? And, and that's what I don't know. You know, I, Preston Smith's contract is was was scrapped in favor of this incentive-laden thing where if he gets 12 sacks, he basically makes up all of his lost money. I will bet he gets 12 sacks. So they will be fine um, starting week one. Preston Smith is going to have a hell of a year, and I think, he will, uh, I think he's got a lot to prove, and he will show it against the Saints. From Joe O'Keefe, Brian Gutekunst is coming up on four years in a GM role in January 2022. How does his report card compare to the report cards of his predecessors in the GM role at their respective four-year marks? That would require some research. And we're answering these off the cuff. So guess what? I'm going to promise you I will do some research into that and include it in a future story. But what I will say is 16 of his 28 draft picks from 2018 to 2020 are still on the roster. The big names being Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't think that's as bad as some people think. 16 out of 28, and you got to think about like seventh rounders like Ty Summers um, still being core special teamers. I don't think that's bad. No. Um, you know, Brian's resume is not going to stick up to Ted's because Ted's first draft had some guy named Aaron Rodgers in it. 
So you drafted a franchise quarterback, and we have no idea about Jordan Love. That's that's hard to be. Joe's next question, though, and this is a good well, one. Well, Brian, Brian's first draft pick was Jair Alexander. It's not bad. Yeah, I'm stuck in franchise quarterbacks. So we have no idea I about know. Love, which is what Joe's follow-up is. With the GM saying this week that Love's preseason was, quote, fantastic, was that just hyperbole in trying to justify the draft choice, or is there something fantastic for Love this preseason other than getting to be on the practice field? I didn't see anything fantastic. Did you? No, I saw nothing fantastic. There was, well, there was fantastic here and fantastic there. I'm, if you were to put together a highlight tape of Jordan Love's training camp, I think it'd be really impressive. He also, if you want to put together a low light tape, you would say, what in God's green earth is this guy doing here? So, yeah, um, yeah I think fantastic was a real stretch. Real stretch. Real stretch. So do I. Um at, from at Benny Boy 209, given the Packers special teams inefficiencies, did they put more of an emphasis to keep special teams players on the initial 53 this year more so than in years past? You know, they, they only have nine offensive linemen. I think they kept 10 last year, if I'm not mistaken. I might be, but I think the extra bodies at defensive line, edge rusher, and inside linebacker, definitely shown emphasis on special teams and being able to tackle. Am I reading incorrectly into that? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we'll see if Amari Rodgers is any good at returning kicks, but that's a main, that's one big reason why the guy's here is to return kicks. And I'm, I'm not convinced he's super good at it. Um, I, I think picking Isaac Yadam over Kiwi and Ento was a hundred percent special teams because Ento can't tackle and Yadam can. So, I, I, yeah, I do think there's a special team's influence. And by God, there better be. She can't keep swapping out coordinators if you're not going to give the coordinator any legit right. players. Which is the stronger O-line unit? The starting – this is from GoPack MLF. The starting Green Bay O-line are five Elton Jenkins clones. <laughs> five Elton Jenkins clones, definitely. And I know we're saying, like, you know, if you had Elton Jenkins at every position – I think it would be better than the starting O-line because Elton Jenkins is an upgrade over Billy Turner at right tackle, Royce Newman at right guard, I would say, Josh Myers at center, at least at this point, not David Bakhtiari at left tackle, but I would say it's an upgrade at three positions. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Because they all wear 74. Yes, I, I would say Jenkins, a, a, a line full of Jenkins is better. That's a, really a fantastic question. But, yeah, I, I say I they like are. Um, they're, obviously, it's a tie at left guard. But, yeah, center, right guard, right tackle, I think you are, you are better off. So, yes, give me, give me a team full of Elton Jenkins. This is from the uh, – I, I, I can't even pronounce it. M-A-H-T-H-A-R-T-E-R. Where are the weak links on both the offense and defense? Offense, interior of the offensive line without Bakhtiari, because as we talked about the moving pieces. Um, on defense, I would say that's a good question. I know the cliche answer is to say it inside linebacker, but I don't know if it'll be as big of a weakness as in years past. I'll say – the defensive line depth. What about you? Um, I will see the corner opposite Jair. 
Okay. Can Kevin King stay healthy? Can Kevin King prevent big plays? And if those answers to those are no, is Eric Stokes ready? Um, I don't think he's shown himself to be ready. Again, kind of like Jordan Love, there's enough good plays to make you think you got something, but enough bad plays where you think you get torched. I agree. What do we got next? Um, from Crit Lequia. <laughs> Jake Hansen, please give me the logic. I will say what Gudekun said is Hansen was injured during training camp last year um, and was healthy this year and played better. I do think he was pretty gosh darn good in the run game. But, you know, the shotgun snap part is an issue. Maybe you're thinking this is a keep your center for 2022 if you need a backup center. Obviously, it's Lucas Patrick probably now. Patrick will be a free agent next offseason. So maybe you want to have the backup to Josh Myers in place right now. That's the best I can do for you. I thought he was going to be the backup to Corey Lindsley when they drafted him. All right, let's let's crank out two more. How does moving the game from New Orleans to Jacksonville affect the dynamic of the week one game versus the Saints from Simon Wilding? Um, I think the biggest thing, and it's an advantage to the Packers, is they don't have to play in a dome stadium. David Bakhtiari talked about earlier in camp how it made his job so much easier to play in dome stadiums without fans because it the silent count is harder to use than a non-silent count. Um, we've talked about it with the wave, like less noise on offense makes it much easier to operate pre-snap because you're able to communicate with your offensive linemen and your weapons more. So, you know, being outdoors will benefit the Packers, I think. I don't know what the dynamic of fans will be. I'm still assuming the Saints have more fans. The heat might be an issue because it might force the Packers to use more of their depth if it's 90 degrees and guys need breathers. Um, but that should affect both teams. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Green Bay wins on this. While they lose in the weather, I think they win overall. I would bet, I would guess it's going to be at least 50-50 fans, Packers Saints. Yeah. Um, actually, I've got two here. I'm not sure if you have another one queued up, Matt. But I no, let's two. do two. Let's do two more. They're fun ones. Chris Wanless wants to know if I would consider wearing a tracksuit to practice the answer to that. An overwhelming no. Absolutely not. Why not? Greg Williams. I'm not sure if this is the former defensive coordinator. Probably not. It's Greg with 1G. This is for you, Matt. Will you, being, will you be wearing a tracksuit to Jacksonville or Crocs nope. with socks? Nope. Way too hot for both. I'm, re- I'm officially retiring the Crocs with socks and the tracksuits. It's time to get back to work. That was fun during training camp. And... No, not in Jacksonville, because I'm not interested in losing half of my weight in sweat. <laughs> Good answer. That's just how it is. That's just hydrate, how man. it is. Got to hydrate. LaFleur will tell you that. Got to hydrate. I'm hydrating as we speak. All right. It's been fun talking to you guys again. We'll come to you next after the Packers week one game. We'll actually have a game to talk about instead of breaking down each position group on the team. An actual game. The Packers will be 1-0 or 0-1. And I can't wait for it. I'm excited for actual football to be there. I will be in Jacksonville um, podcasting, probably from that pool in the stands there. So that'll be fun. Um, But until then, you guys know where to find us. Thanks again for listening.